love it. You did the most important thing. You, you bought something. What? You bought something with money. God, I love money so much, Morty. Are you being sarcastic? Merchandise, Morty. Your only purpose in life is to buy and consume merchandise, and you did it. You went into a store, an actual honest-to-God store, and you bought something. You didn't ask questions or raise ethical complaints. You, you just looked straight into the bleeding jaws of capitalism and said, Yes, Daddy, please. <laughs> Come home to the unique flavor of shattering the grand illusion. Come home to Simple Rick. Think of him as a drug lord and us as cops on his payroll. What is my purpose? Past butter. Oh my god. Yeah, welcome to the club, pal. Well, yeah, fast food gives people diabetes and clothing stores have sweatshops. Is there a company hiring teenagers that isn't evil? Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. Come watch TV. In our hellscape of the world. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is true. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, if Joey, any point of the conversation you want to jump in on and like uh, tell us, uh, tell us white people how we were wrong, or just to be more correct on something. <laughs> Well, part of it I kind of missed because I was trying to finish off my breakfast as fast as I could so I could join. No problem. But uh, <laughs> we were just saying that the, 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 the Christianity is bad. Uh, yes. there's, a, there's a lot we, of bad we, we, we filled in some details there, but um, the Catholic Church is particularly bad just because it's bigger. I was oh. raised to be an anti-organized religionist. <laughs> that is what I call it. And the reason I call it that is because when I was growing up, okay, first off, I was school age before uh, my belief system I grew up with was even made legal. I had to, the ceremony that was held to welcome me into the world had to be held in secret. Mm. It was illegal Beauty. in the United States. Like, this is one of those many, many things about Native Americans that the average American does not know. They have was no it, idea. Was it about the, was it with the peyote ceremony or was it a different thing? No, uh, peyote ceremony was actually, funnily enough, was considered more legal than the other ceremonies because peyote ceremonies started to incorporate the church. They incorporated Christianity in the Native American church. Mm, okay. And because they incorporated Christianity, that one has been okay in the government's eyes. Mm. The one that was totally illegal were the ones that were the old traditions before. Because um, and with peyote, you have to be really, really careful because you're talking about a 
tradition and um, a way of life that was taken from Central American tribes and changed in North America so that the Native American church doesn't actually look anything like the old peyote traditions from Central America and the peoples who come from there. Hmm. So there's all these different um, old traditions when it when it comes to the old, uh, I guess you're going to have to call them heathen ways. There's no other way around it. I mean, because that's, that's how Christianity sees it. And it's important that that be in context when you're talking about the discovery doctrine, when you are talking about the origins of the United States, when you are talking about racial disparity even, because before they began to steal people from Africa and enslave them, they were already slaughtering an entire race. They were already doing that. They had already marked us as a race separate from them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had already begun a massive slaughter and it had been going on for a good century and a half before they started stealing people from Africa. Mm. And so th- that's all important context to throw in there when you're talking about everything, because you then have to fast forward all the way to now. And my generation is still living with the repercussions from all those generations past. Like I've still got trauma I'm living with today and had to grow up with that my ancient ancestors had to deal with and grow up with too. Like I'm still feeling that it's still happening. Colonization is active. It's ongoing. It's like evolution in that sense. The difference between colonization and evolution is there's no inevitability as there is with evolution. It's inevitable that we evolve, that we evolve Mm. unless we go extinct. It's inevitable that we evolve. Yeah. It's not inevitable that we colonize. It's not Mm. like that was a choice that human beings made. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really shitty choice. And they used a religion to do it. And that's important context because it's too often you see Americans modern day try to separate out religion from state mm-hmm. when it has always been tied intimately since the beginning of the United States. Every single claim that the United States has on uh, Native American resources, lands, even our time, just our time that they're taking up by bugging us with whatever, instead of treating us like sovereign nations, all of that is connected to the discovery doctrine, which is a papal bull decree. Mm. It's important to note that that is church doctrine Mm. that the entire United States is based on. You can't separate church and state when you started off like that until you address mm. that particular issue. Mm. Like that issue has to be addressed. There has to be some kind of recourse that we come to some kind of, <sighs> I don't know. What do, what do you do? Do you write a big giant check? Do you write 574 federally recognized tribes checks? Like, do you, do you write? 
Do you write individual indigenous peoples checks? Do you like how how do you how do you get past the whole we stole the land to begin with? Hmm. We stole the entire continent to begin with. And then when you're talking about, okay, well, if we're talking about reparations and we're talking about getting that paid up and getting it even, um, how do you write a check with the money that you took out of the land that you stole? With, extra- with extraction. Like, hmm. cause that's like the gold that you're using to pay the people off is the gold you took from them. like south dakota (laughs) how how do you how do you then try to find a way to reconcile with with the people who are still alive never died off Mm. like that was that was the whole hope for colonization was that by now Mm -hmm. we would have already been in line quote unquote putting up my little air quotes there Mm -hmm. because you have to be obedient in order to get by in this, they didn't expect that not only would there be huge amounts of Native Americans that would never kowtow, that would never, that would always, that would always hold our sovereignty as, I'm going to use a Christian word, sacred. Mm. Like holding it sacrosanct. Like our freedom was. It was a lot more complete than the freedoms that come along, the the quote-unquote freedoms that come along with this particular mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. You guys Like, were- there's an illusion of freedom that comes along with being an American. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You guys were way too uppity. Uh, you were expected to get, have that beaten out of you. Yep. We were yeah, expected and, uh, to have assimilated by now, and we didn't. Yeah. Or died. Be fair, you could have And died. the funny part is not only did we not assimilate or die off, but we're actually coming back. We're making a huge comeback. I don't know if you guys uh, saw the numbers on the census this last time, but I think mm-hmm. it's finally begun to get through to enough of our rural, you know, because I can't even tell you how many cousins I have that refuse to answer the census this time around again. Uh, oh. But there was more that answered the census this time than there has been before, because it's not, if you saw the numbers, it looks like we doubled in population. Like every single indigenous person had like two children in 10 years. Mm. That is not what happened. Obviously (laughs) what happened was they got more people to answer. Mm, yeah. And so our numbers are more accurately reflected, but they're still so low because there's so many indigenous people that all you got to do is mention that this is a government census <laughs> and they're going to shut mm-hmm. down immediately. I mean, immediately, they're not going to trust them. And there's a long history of yeah. good reasons to not trust the government, especially when they're asking for how many Native Americans are there. That's a. Do you have anything question. valuable on this land? Exactly. Just curious. <laughs> we just we just want to know how many people there are for no real good reason, just to know. 
And you live by those big mountains over there. Can you describe the mountains for us? And how big are they? What colors are they? What kind of shapes that they have? But yeah. All that shit's connected, though. I mean, you know, and then you start throwing in that there were people who were stolen from Africa and brought here. And they, for hundreds of years were kept from their cultures. They don't know their ancestors. They don't know their history. This is as much their land as it is Native American land because they have about the no Irish. other home. The Irish. The Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. As a white man, I, I just every once in a while I break out in what about is it? I'm sorry. It's 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 a cultural, genetic thing. Yeah, yeah I'm Irish, so it's our it's the slaves that. The Irish slaves are the big, mm. big thing. Yes, I'm part Irish, but I'm part Scottish. I'm also uh, like one third English, so I have like as like colonized myself in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I'm British, actually. The whole I got the whole islands. Is yep. I, I I'm British too because I got Welsh in me too. I'm part. Oh, I don't Scottish. have Welsh. I know. Yeah, I know you. Are. You have a tartan and everything. So <laughs> you're fucking cool. Oh, nice. It's it like is pretty cool. I thought like it was cousins. awesome when I found out. When I found out also that um, my grandpa, he's not the one who told me um, about the family history. It was my dad who thought it was hilarious. Um, my grandpa was going through all the family genealogy, going as far back as he could. And he stopped in Scotland when he found um, one branch of the family that was being hung as horse thieves and another branch of the family that were being hung as pirates. And he, <laughs> <laughs> my dad thought it was hilarious because my grandfather, his father-in-law was a 32 year Navy man. <laughs> and so my dad thought, my dad thought it was hilarious because, of course, this 32-year Navy man came by his love of the sea naturally. He's a horse-thieving pirate. He's a horse-thieving pirate, exactly. And I have the half well, of the occasion. That's a lot funnier than my genealogy story. <laughs> I'm just a colonizer. This, and, and and actually, yeah, the devil, the free council has great point. Assimilate if we are the reward, resistance is futile. We'll add you your biological technological dis, disinfectants to our own, distinctiveness yep. to our own. And that, yeah, Tavi, we had this conversation before because, like, I someone said, why do people think that boards like communism as it were? It because it's like, it, I, I think the part they, of it, the regular they Star Trek was already all the Borg with white makeup. <laughs> How much more fucking obvious did they need to make it? Is this is ripping up. Sorry, colonizer, colonizer, is, but yeah. So like, we kind of realized that point. It's like, no, wait a minute. The Borg is not communism or even Stalinism. No, the Borg is like white supremacy, imperialist colonialism. Yeah, we'll be assimilated. Um, and absolutely. And this yep. and this assimilation uh, narrative gets into even like uh, there's a uh, someone I knew that like uh, had a YouTube channel. They deleted it though, unfortunately. But she's a francophone from Canada, and she was uh, working and living in a anglophone part of like uh, Canada. And even amongst those two groups of white people, as it were, there is still the 
grievances between the francophones and the anglophones and she was constantly getting now she speaks english she is fluent in it there's just that hint of the accent and sometimes even for her she gets the comments of can you try harder to be like us and she also makes the great report that this is all just white supremacist assimilation uh, uh, it's just a white supremacist narrative as it were and canada also like tried to pass like laws uh, banning like uh uh the hijabs or the niqabs and it's were and just like, like uh, wasn't that just in quebec uh maybe it could be just in quebec because like uh from what i heard from someone else that like Quebec does have some like uh or seem to be particularly racist, but then yes, any of the natives up there, they can say what? Well, just go back. You know, you'd think that after so many centuries of trying to assimilate their own people and realizing there's a significant portion of any population that literally cannot cannot be assimilated, they will always be unique. They will always buck the trend. They will always, they'll be different. Like you're always going to have a chunk of your population that will not assimilate. You should mm -hmm. give up the whole idea that assimilation is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like there's some people that want a samey sameness with a whole bunch of other people. That's cool. That's fine. There's room for that. As long as we make room for the different. Yes. No, different is bad. That you want to be with the cool kids, so don't you? You don't want to be with the weirdos and the squares or the weebos and the uh, dorks or anything like that, or the theater kids or anything like that. It's like, okay, you just listed off uh, uh, quite a bit of different like clicks at this one school, and yet you want all of us to be like just like you? Why? And all of those people are all like, that's your flavor. Like, yes. that's the flavor of humanity. That's the, like, like mayonnaise is a sauce. You're supposed to add other shit to it. Yes. It's yes. not supposed to just exist on its own. I don't know. I, I could eat a bowl of mayonnaise. <laughs> Have you I ever had cream of mayonnaise soup? I mean. <laughs> um, no, I'm, no, no, no. Mayonnaise is, that, that's too, uh, that's too mixed. I'm, I'm a Miracle Whip guy myself. Ew, gross. I, I can't. Uh, 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 did we have the kind of Terry? We mentioned this how like man is just a base and that like it should not be just used as a thing to flavor yes, things. Exactly what Joe explained is is 10,000% correct. That That is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why things like tartar sauce work so well. Um, yes. And if you do things on sandwiches like I learned to do, I was just looking up, you know, stuff about more traditional you know complex sandwich making one of the things i saw was by the way mayonnaise is a base that is a fat because it, it is a fat that will spread other mm -hmm. flavors over your tongue so mm -hmm. if you go and you add other seasonings like, like you know like proper sandwich shops they they basically just have like like a, a jar of herbs that they shake over your sandwich mm -hmm. the mayonnaise will help to spread that actual flavor mm. yeah yeah, and it can turn out awesome. The, one of the places that reminds me of that was um, when I was in Mallorca. They have this traditional, in the little cafes, they have this traditional um, side spread that they use on their bread. Um, mm -hmm. And the bre fresh bread comes to your table, of course, you know, before your meal. And they'll bring butter if you ask for it. But traditionally, what they bring is this little um, 
serving of the it mayonnaises the base, but they use a they roast garlic in olive oil that's made there locally from the olive trees from the island. And they take that roasted garlic olive oil and infuse that in the mayonnaise. And you spread that on your bread. And oh my God, it's so You're making good. me hungry. It is so good. Oh, yeah, I but with America, America, what comes with the flavoring already in it? You just, it, it and, it's, and it's sweet. It's, it's, it, you guys are all. I yeah. feel like you're attacking my culture you, and heritage here. Yes, I'm you're very uncomfortable. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, you're, uh, you're you're yeah. way too cosmopolitan for for people like me. And unfortunately, I'm allergic to eggs, so I can't. I cannot. I can't even the roasted garlic. Oh, you can't have mayonnaise. No, I can't. And also, you just ask any culinary student; they can tell you you were allergic to eggs. That sucks because it's an excellent binder. It's in a lot of everything. Yeah, Yeah. make it even Mm -hmm. harder for you to to buy bread than for me. I just have to watch out for anything where they use whey as a dough conditioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, for me it's just like as uh, I have to check everything. Me, my stepmom, like, said, uh, "Here, get it." She often just like does this. Here's some food. Have some. It's like, okay, fine. I'll eat a lot of lunch. And uh, I was just like, "My stepmom, is it? This is fried rice, right? Yeah. You know how often fried rice? Is there any eggs in the fried rice? No, there's not. Okay, there might be something dessert. Okay, Benadryl. I'll get through the day that way, or eat a lot of crackers. That will do it. That will like settle my stomach for the more more easily, as it were. Because like, uh, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of times where I just like vomit right there in the car growing up because like just tiny bits of bits of honey. My mom, my parents love that can candy. It's made with eggs. Oh, there, there we go. But uh, oh, that Marty did link into the chat, which is uh, related to the conversation about colonialism. Uh, the UK museums doing the same thing and go plundered under places as it were with those priceless artifacts as it were and say finders keepers what and then doesn't want to give them back. Mm-hmm. Well, well let, let's stuff. be honest. After the it's last really you know, thousand years, that really is British culture. <laughs> Stealing other people's culture is British culture. Yeah. Okay, that point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, that is true. Mm-hmm. And. And I, I, I will say the, the, the British stole that culture of stealing other people's culture from the Romans who did it first. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like the English was really good at it, though. Like, yeah. see, that's yeah. the thing is like there's sometimes like when you don't know a skill and then you meet somebody who has that particular skill and you learn it from them and you realize, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I'm actually better than you are at this. And oh, so you, you get to be a better knitter than your mom, or you get to be mm-hmm. better at, you know, whatever, you know, than the person who taught you. That's oh, kind of how I feel like the English did with the whole colonizing thing. Like they yeah. took what the Romans had started and they took it to a new level of oofta. And it, it, and Mephro's excellent point is like say the Americans lol. <laughs> so well, like, we don't call ours an empire though, Mithro. We we call ours <laughs> something else. We call ours we are, military um, bases in nine hundred places around the we, we, we are defending democracy and freedom. You're welcome. That's, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. democracy and freedom to overthrow our previous government so that we could. Uh, cease uh, honoring treaties with the native peoples. Of yeah, 
of the land. Yeah. Uh, hey, the, the, those 92 regime chains that we were took part in was all for democracy. Yeah. But hey, nobody, I, like, well, Jerry knows more about what I was talking about. Oh, I was just going to say, I wonder if the English are really, really good because they have, you know, continent envy. You're saying that the British are incontinent? <laughs> I'd just like to say at this point, if there are any British people watching, none of us apologize for any of this. No, yeah, not at all. yeah, Mithril, no, you should Mithril, feel ashamed of yourself. You know, and Marty, yeah. because you're honorary. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah, thing, Marty- the thing, too, uh, about um, the, the English stealing things, they, were good. they got so fucking good at stealing that they stole one of Scotland's kings. they 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 stole him put him right on their throne and said hey james the first you know you were james the sixth fuck you're james the first you're gonna get rid of all those other five before you you're the first oh i'm the first then (laughs) okay i like this new position already And yes, and we didn't vote for him, and we didn't vote for King, so like, yes, help help I'm being repressed. <laughs> Fucking weird-ass James Erasure. What the hell? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this was actually uh, it was brought up earlier in the chat, as it were, because like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, uh, John and John P said, just a reminder, that Contra Ports is still very much a jerk. Uh, because I will share our friend uh Phoenix's uh post about that. I want to find the right one. She's still she, loving up on Buck Angel, the transphobe. Oh, well, yeah, she still does that, oh. and, but that's not the thing that like my friend, our friend uh Phoenix says it's like I tweeted about, which I quote treated as a word, but like I'm gonna find there we go. Here's that uh and Phoenix's like tweet. I also uh. quote treated, but I'll add it to it that's where because like okay, yeah, con- con- content warning of like ageism and queerophobia. I'll just read out uh Natalie's tweet. Gen C queers are hard to figure out. They're like, I'm an asexual slut who loves sex. You don't have to be trans to be trans. Casual reminder that like heterosexuality doesn't make your gayness any less valid. Okay, my first reaction to that is hi, Arrow Ace Wolf, who does enjoy sex. I just don't yeah. understand the attraction thing. Yeah, I'm a little bit insulted by that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, well, l- let's just make a statement so that entire groups of people don't exist. Mm. Also, the, the, the slut shaming shit. Yeah. There's layers of wrongness in that. I, mm. I, see, see, this 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 is why I, I normally just try to forget about Natalie. Yes. We all should, <sighs> but then I I did quote tweeted uh, Phoenix's uh, tweet there. Uh, oh, by the way, I also look at the where is it? Uh, give no oh, wait, did I? No, I already posted like a Phoenix's GoFundMe in uh, earlier in the chat, so you can like find and screw up there and stuff like that. Uh, my users will give Phoenix money, give Joanna money, blah blah blah. Charity links not paid. Um, but I read quote tweeted that mentioning that I was in a live chat on Natalie Wynn's uh YouTube channel when she does their late night like. Like random like uh streams of where she's drunk as hell or or just or does like uppers or whatever as it were or and then she, seeing people in her chat 
over like fans and stands and acolytes and like uh, people that love Natalie Wynn and they ask her, hey, Natalie, do an asexuality like video. I don't know anything about asexuality. I want to learn about asexuality from you. And I was like, please, no, don't. <laughs> At least she said asexuality. I don't know the first thing about asexuality, which kind of like that tweet also shows that as well and i just like uh, why do people just like hang off of her every word i'm reminded of the 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 scene from the end of jackie brown when samuel jackson kills robert de niro what happened to you your ass used to be beautiful <laughs> for like a brief window there after she transitioned natalie was still okay mm-hmm then she got rich and turned into an asshole. Well, I don't know though. <laughs> I think, I think that that. I think that nobody had just. She hadn't dug as deep as she started to afterwards. That, mm-hmm. that I think that getting popular encourages you and makes you think that you actually do know something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it makes you think that you don't have to question anymore. It makes you think that um, because you have this big popularity and this big following, you don't have any more room to learn. You now have what you need to uh, to say that you are more knowledgeable than other people. Mm-hmm. Like it's Ooh. it's that that ego, the the f- being famous, having the big following. It provides an ego boost, and the ego boost makes you think that it basically it makes your dunning kruger go off the the charts <laughs> it it and just I'm, it does mm-hmm. and it makes you think and and i'm not saying that she doesn't have a lot of really good points because she has had a lot of good points in the past mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is is that she she always had room to grow and now she's convinced that she doesn't yeah and And she doesn't know how to take she doesn't know how to take good constructive criticism she doesn't know how to but she has the aesthetic and that's all that really matters Mm. yes exactly she looks cool yeah and she does i mean the production is awesome on her show like i mean she does Mm -hmm. she's it's an entertaining show i just really really wish that she learned from other people that um Reminds me of something, uh, jo- Joanna Blackheart. Yes. Um, Joanna Blackheart. They're a Latinx, uh, NB person. Um, they are a kind of awesome, like, accessibility, uh, expert for video games and such. Um, they were on one of my streams and they were talking about bringing up the whole point about, uh, Natalie and aesthetic and oh, she looks cool and that draws the people in. One of the things uh, Joanna had a uh, Joanna Blackheart had a conversation with me about was how when they were young and transitioning and um, Latinx, the people that they had access to for information about being trans um, was um, white trans women, and they kept would pressure them towards a white model of beauty. And then that is kind of a pervasive thing to be pointed out in um, what is seen as like, like the primary 
trans discourse, I guess. I'm not sure what a, what to refer to as like the, the body of conversations that I'm getting at. Well, I mean, it's just like with everything else, whiteness is there at the front. And mm-hmm. so that, I mean, that's going to be a given. It's just like, I actually, I have a fun meme that has like a, a loaf of bread and it's like a gourmet loaf of bread and it's a white bread that's sliced extra thin and it says extra thin white on the packaging (laughs) and the meme of course says lgbtq representation be like because it's true because it's Mm. true i mean there's a certain look and if you don't look that way, mm-hmm. then you're not considered to be aesthetically appealing. Mm-hmm. And that way to look is very white, very Eurocentric, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, going back to like uh, the whiteness and parallelism and all that sort of thing. And was all those other things. I, I, a streamer by the name of Sefi, uh, she, she is queer and she is a Afro Latinx uh, uh, streamer as well. And she has like mentioned times before, it's like that she's, she likes hanging out in LGBTQA plus communities, but sometimes they can be very white and so yeah. she just had to like occasionally step back a little bit and define the uh, queer uh, spaces that are by uh, uh, black people, indigenous people, blackness people and people of color as were uh, the non-whites yeah. as were because like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, you know, like I, we have said before, it's just like, if, so, if uh, any indigenous blackness or a person of color or black says like, man, I just can't be with white people. I'm just like, there. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, is that if you if there's spaces like if you find a space like oftentimes I'll find a space that's black space mm-hmm. where I get to there's enough similarity there that it feels it feels better than being in white spaces because when you're in predominantly white spaces, there is definitely a, a flavor to it that, that gets to be overwhelming. It, it just, it just is. It's absolutely, Mm. yeah, it's basically, (laughs) it's too much mayonnaise Mm. and there's just, there's not enough spice. There's not enough of the rest of the flavor of humanity. And when you go into a black space, you will find that there's a lot of flavor there and that you can be indigenous in black spaces and feel okay. You can be Latinx and in, you know, indigenous spaces and feel okay. That there's, there's a, like, there's a, a feeling that you can be in the other spaces of color and feel okay in those spaces. They are more accepting. They are more tolerant. They will even accept white people in those spaces. If those white people have gone through everything that they have to do to prove themselves to be an ally, Mm. you know, because at that point you're basically, you're getting adopted into spaces of color. If you are that Manny's person, they're looking at you and going, yeah, but you're okay. Mm. Hmm. Like I believe I found the meme you were talking space. about, though, with the extra thin white, or very thin white. Yeah. 
Probably, can, I think it you was... can see it on the stream. It says queer representation, like not original content, but still too real, making a meme about swag lesbians and realizing how yep. much more hype all the skinny white lady gays get than pretty much any queer woman of color. It's truly uncool. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's on the. The, you can the, see it on the, the YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, the, on the YouTube things is where it, yeah. Uh, and Lin Wu said, well, you actually have to like uh, leave a local queer community because of that. Yeah. And uh, the, the Fury Council, I'm so white, Casper uses me as a reflection. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie, is she so white that like, A, mayonnaise is too spicy for her, and she glows in the dark. <laughs> and, to be fair to Julie and, and the other spices things, it's a, uh, it's a sensory issue and it uh, messes with her autism, that's the word. So even pepper is like, it, it triggers a uh, sensory thing. So that's why she mm. just like doesn't like uh, spices, which is, you know, hey, that's a fair reason not to like it. Uh, mm. And again, I, ca- I can't have bad days because of the eggs things, but yeah. Uh, well, I don't I like too much spice either, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like more than some of the bland shit I've had. <laughs> like, Are you saying that me. Earl Grey tea isn't uh, isn't spicy? In it? Is it, uh, I, I think British it's people did it. Did it British drink? steal that shit from somebody else too? Though wasn't well, that the probably. whole we're gonna go conquer places looking for tea and spices? Yep. Yeah, and then well, they didn't like they, any of them. But, they, but then they put the bergamot in the uh, in the tea, and they made it Earl Grey. So, I mean, who was an actual Earl that was, well, you know, probably the, uh, pale, pa- pasty white and probably and all for the top and all for the top down hierarchy of all those other things we mentioned when he's at the top of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> probably looked a lot like four out of f- four out of five people on this panel. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know how uh, old that joke was. It might have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of the meme that went around for a little while, a little bit back, about people complaining about finding bay leaves in their food. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to eat the leaves. Oh. Hey, I'm the bay leaf for today. <laughs> The spice must flow. So, were the roast beef then? Is that? I I don't understand this. Uh, This is getting. Oh, I don't know. This is also reminding me about something that I've been just working on and noticing, and like in some of my own spaces, like my own Discord community. Um. I won't get into like naming people because it's they're all friends that I, I keep these conversations going with. Mm-hmm. But like at one point there was a Latina friend of mine who was coming in and she was asking a bunch of questions about things and stuff came up and like one of the people in my community was all like, oh, well, this country isn't that that racist. They're a lot better. And then I, I, I and kind of I kind of had to dial them back and go, go hey, you're kind of talking over our friend here Mm -hmm. and you're missing the point of what assimilation is Mm -hmm. and looking at things like policies and things to be like oh but they they don't ban people from you know speaking whatever language they want well that that doesn't necessarily that isn't that isn't necessarily that Mm anti-racist um so it's like, like even in a, a more left-leaning community, yeah, you, you you run into that, and you, 
like I push back against it. And it's like when I when I notice like I don't necessarily get a lot of black and indigenous and Latinx people coming into that space. I, I know why, because I still need to educate all these other people to be like, yeah, you need to stop talking over black mm-hmm. and indigenous and Latina and otherwise people of color, uh, Asian Islanders. Um, skip list brains. My body doesn't necessarily do words very well all the time. Um, yeah, not bang. Yeah, Lynn's got a big point. Not, uh, oh, not, ba- oh, not banning language as is in what I was the point about. Um, not, not banning people from speaking whatever their native language is, is a low bar. Yeah, um, exactly. Cause yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, like you can get this thing of white people thinking, oh, well, we, we, we're, we're allies and not as much so as they think. Uh, I, I have been to a Black Lives Matter protest. I have like, uh, you had seen oh, the gosh. selfies at the protest well, that I did. I, and, I think what the other week I didn't people... call the cops on a black guy. So you're welcome. <laughs> Joe, go ahead. <laughs> White people forget that ally is a word that's bestowed on you. It's yes. not one that you take upon yourself. Yes. It's like getting a medal. Like you don't go to the store and buy your medal. But I got participation trophy for playing the sports. Well, I fucked that up then. (laughs) (laughs) But continue, Joey. No, that was it. Okay, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, And uh, yeah, Tavi, I remember that conversation. And and, uh, the person uh, also has said many times before that she is a uh, trans woman and doesn't feel comfortable in a lot of uh, space and loves the spaces as well because she feels like that they just talk over each other. Yeah, so it's like that's something, and that's something that I should be considered of too. That I'm not talking and over uh, anyone else, just because it's also just rude as as well. And hmm. like, it, it, it granted, sometimes like I, Latrano, uh, uh, like it says before that like she cuts people, even her friends, because she cuts them off because. Uh, maybe it maybe because like it's part of her autism as well, and I think I see this in a lot of people too. Where it's just like I think it, 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 it it's just something that that should be constant. Of it's just like I know, I understand I understand your brain is like oh I have something I must say right now I got to say right now I also forget it, but just try it best and it's just something we'll all have to work on to make sure that that part of brain is not overriding. It's like oh there's someone talking I should let them finish. Well, I think it also matters, like, who the person is. Like, mm. you need to be cognizant of your space. True. And, oh, yeah. in, and when you're in a space that is trying to be inclusive of people who usually do not get a chance to have the mic, mm. you need to be aware that they are all around you getting ready to speak up if they only had the mic, and then you got to be ready to pass it. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's one of those being aware of the spaces that you're in. If you're in an all white space and then it doesn't matter, you know, but if, it, if you're in a space that's mixed, try to like, I don't know. I think that there's a good reason to say that that old tradition uh, that my people used to use and a lot of different tribes used to use. It wasn't just mine um, of having a talking stick. You know, where the person with the stick is going to do the talking and when they're done, they relinquish the stick. 
Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, that's, that's a good thing to have because when you're in a space where it's predominantly white, if you're a white person, jumping in and saying your piece is absolutely no problem whatsoever. When you are an indigenous person or a black person or well, really any marginalized person of color, you are taught from a young age that nothing you say is going to matter anyway. You're going to let other people talk first. And Mm -hmm. so you just sit there on whatever it is that you have to say and you don't say it. Mm -hmm. You just don't say it. And so your opinion never gets heard and nobody even knows that you have one and you might have one of the best opinions in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tammy and I both have like friends who like I mentioned and in other spaces as what if there's a lot of people talking over each other and they, they try to like get a word in but this only talks over them for whatever reason if that happens enough and because sometimes it happens it, it, it's uh, bringing up uh, family dynamics that they grew up with as well uh, yeah. being like the youngest as it were well the oldest or the parents are more talkative and more louder that like after a while of like not being able to say something or not be able to get in and not be able to contribute to the conversation they just like just be quiet as it were and like you said joy it, it it sounds like because they're not saying anything they might not have nothing to say as were and that's not necessarily the case for some people exactly and, and i it's would- also a cultural difference too which is important to realize because mm. having that cultural difference there's entire cultures of people that they don't as a matter of communication they do not jump in they wait their turn and if the rest of the people in the room do not have the same cultural understanding or don't have the the awareness to to expect that somebody from a different culture is in the room like if you're looking at the room and you see that it is a diverse room now it's up to you you are now one of the people responsible in that room for respecting the diversity in the room and that's one of the big failures for a lot of the colonizer white folks they walk into the room and they say nope now it's all about me it's got to be my way or the highway yep. sorry speaking I'm, uh... of which fishy fashy <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna wait till after that but otherwise i'm you know i'm feeling old this isn't no this is just this has not been a good couple months for me and i just got a little bit of difficult news a couple days ago for for about a friend so Mm. that's why i put the squirrels in the uh in the chat that's uh sometimes it's helpful to uh watch baby squirrels for 10 hours to uh uh calm down a little bit and see other life so yes you're feeling bad for the last couple Mm. months yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I'm. I've been depressed for you know most of my life, but this, just the last couple of months, and there's nothing particular. It's just you know, it's just there. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to do fishy fashy. Mm. I had another... I do. I do have dice. Oh, the, but the tabby, <laughs> you have another point. I, I had a, like a, just a, just a couple other yeah. points, uh, just to kind of uh, hopefully supplement the the really important points Joey was making. Um, I got a little distracted. That's fine. 
Um, one of them was with the the whole talking over people thing, and Joey brought up the very important point: different culture, um, where people just don't do the talking over people thing. But in very white spaces, people are there's the expectation of everybody talking over each other, and that comes a pain in the butt. Um, the other thing I ran into with conversations, particularly like there's uh, one Latina friend who I have a lot of these conversations with, and I make sure that she has the space she can actually like come to me privately and say hey this is what's going mm-hmm. on um is that because like like whiteness in and of itself to a lot of non-white people can be intimidating because there's like this inherent i think it's fair to say there's like this inherent threat of various mm-hmm. forms of violence behind it yeah and that exists even without any intent or necessarily, especially lacking prop- any education on the subject, any awareness on the part of a person who is white and has white privilege. So that, like talking with my, my friend is like, yeah, she finds white people in general, very intimidating because she's goes down the, on the street and she gets, you know, shit yelled at her and threats of violence and all kinds of crap so like even in spaces where among in theory friends that existence of whiteness is intimidating and then kind of like like i was thinking about what joe uh what you're saying joe about the the, the whole the whole uh talking stick tradition mm-hmm. in the was thinking one of the things i was thinking about was like when you're in the position of you have the stick and you um can pass the stick you have a moment of a little bit of, I mean, just talking in like, like terms of like how we pass, you know, to each other in conversations and such that can be a form of, I think it's fair to say a power in a way and an active choice needs to be made to then pass that, you know, moment to talk off to indigenous people, off to black people, off to Latina people, etc. And yeah, that, that is just general pass around, pass around, that there can be like, without fighting against it, white people might have a bias to pass to other, you know, other white people to be, oh, hey, you, you bring in your point, you bring in your point, you, that there's like a need for white people to be like, hey, we need to prioritize these other people and get their voices heard first. Yes. Mm. Yes, um, exactly. I'm a, in our that, spaces that power. I've found that in our in our spaces the some of the most fair people to pass the stick to mm. are children. Children have taken the time to observe what's happening in the room and they're observing the reactions of other people in the room. And they're usually going to hand the stick off when they're done to the person who hasn't had the stick at all. Mm. Yeah. And I think children are actually a really good example of another person's, another whole group of persons that we don't typically hand off the mic to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Like we don't talk about children's rights and stuff like that too. Just like no. ableism, you know, those are discussions that we're still not ready to have. We're just barely having the racism and sexism discussions. Mm-hmm. 
or um, like sometimes what I've observed is people will talk about things that involve the rights of children and like like i run into this in a lot of uh particularly white queer spaces they're like oh well we're afraid of what parents will think so we're going to gatekeep the space to 18 plus only even though nothing no explicit sexual material is being discussed yes and then you want they're going to talk about things like you know um kids being banned from being trans in school in exclude any possibility i mean it would be really i mean i I would say like i wouldn't go out and like you know as an adult and be like hey teens come like that gets into some issues pretty quick sure but to leave the door open um especially like like places like twitch youtube it can happen Mm -hmm. um for like some of the the rights cases I, i i've been following for like trans rights and other things it's uh and climate justice it's teenagers um mm-hmm. some of the activists uh, in black lives matter and uh, indigenous activists uh that i've seen uh, stuff come out from they're teenagers um and then a lot of these and I, i'll say it's particularly i, I want to say it's white queer spaces that i've been seeing this um these discussions about these issues get had in spaces where they say, Hey, we don't want you if you're under 18. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother subject. Uh, I'll try to remember that the, the topics as we go first though, to fishy fashy while Tom's still here. So let's do fishy fashy. No segue there, but yes. So, <laughs> uh, this week I was reminded of the existence of the little dry man. So mm-hmm. all three of our tweets are from Ben Shapiro. First up, Ben Shapiro his, says his that, wife's a doctor. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she assured him that vaginas are supposed to be dry. All right. So no, first no, up, honey, it's not you. <laughs> um, governments steal all the money they get and still run into debt. Second. It is impossible to have both rich people and poor people in a country. And finally, he says that the rich don't and shouldn't pay taxes. I got nothing. (laughs) So Jonathan's got the die out. Go ahead, Jonathan. Or it's the second one. Okay. Jonathan thinks you cannot have both rich and poor in a country. Uh, Tom? <laughs> Second one. <laughs> <laughs> and Yoey. I rolled a three, so... You think it's also the second one, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, our dice are sinking. It's the second one. Um, I'm going to guess number three. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you all agree that the first one is real. And what he said was, in response to Joe Biden saying that we should tax the rich, um, the only trillionaires are governments, which get their money by seizing the wealth of everyone else rather than through actual creation and distribution of goods and services, and which still run tens of trillions in debt. So, yeah, uh, Ben Shapiro is a douche. Mm -hmm. 
And only Joe thinks this one is fake, uh, that the rich don't and shouldn't pay taxes. Um, again, responding to President Biden, Folks, I don't want to punish anyone's success, but those at the top have been getting free ride far too long. We're going to change that. Yeah. Ben Shapiro said, by a free ride, he essentially means paying all net taxes in the country. So that one is the lie. Way to go, Joey. Hey, does that mean I won? Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. You won. In your you butt. Beat everyone else. In your butt. <laughs> in your butt. In your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, have no idea I what the fuck he thinks he's that. saying with net tax. I don't know where the truth is. That's not a thing. I feel individually <laughs> called out on that, so I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> which means that um, yeah, Jonathan, Tom, and Tabby, the dice misled you. Um, yeah. He's I, responding it's... to Pramila Jayapal. The U.S. is nearly one-third of the world's billionaires. Meanwhile, our poverty rate is the fourth highest in the world. Tax the rich. To which Ben Shapiro responded, um, what? As in, somehow it's impossible to have rich people and poor people in the same country. Mm -hmm. Ask uh, Mithril. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I am so out of touch with it, what any of these fashy types are saying at this point. <laughs> yeah, and, and so mm. and, and so, Tavi, you don't know about like what uh, about the, like the joke that uh, John Buckman to about like dryness, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no, I do not. Do I actually want to know? I'm going to leave before uh, you. In tell response her, to I'm... fuck off, Cardi bye bye. bye, bye, Tom. Bye, Tom. <laughs> in response uh, okay. to Cardi B's song about wet ass pussy. Um, he first he read off the the thing, um, the lyrics. He read the lyrics in in his, <laughs> his wet he, ass p word. P word stands for pussy. <laughs> p word standing for female genitalia is what he said. Female genitalia. He kept saying p word too through the whole dry ass reading of the freaking like. What? He kept yeah. saying p word. That's so bad. Yeah, and he said that his wife. A doctor ben Shapiro him. Can't, can't say a word for a kitty cat that starts with P. <laughs> no, nope, he can't. And he said that his wife, a real doctor, assured him that a vagina is not supposed to be that wet. It, that means it's a disease. Um, to which... <laughs> <laughs> which everyone left. <laughs> just collectively like across the internet there was a giant guffaw <laughs> these white boys just cannot help but tell themselves about how bad they are at sex <laughs> how you are an incel and be married like <laughs> and, and, and 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 they and and they breathe yeah, Ben Shapiro and his wife did breed, so they have like uh, two children. That's a word. Well, somebody and bred. Um... <laughs> okay, gang, that's all the show we have time for this week. But I invite you to stop by the YouTube channel so you can catch our full chat and maybe leave a comment if you want to. You can also catch us on Twitter. Julie is Lito Anor, and Jonathan is some random geek with threes replacing the E's in geeks, and I am Sergoshan, S-U-R-G-O-S-H-A-N. We also have a couple of other side projects. Julie and Jonathan have their own YouTube channels, for example. And I participate in a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Dungeons & Debacles, hosted by my friend Kevin. Heck of a lot of fun, completely different from this. We'd also appreciate it if you could give us a hand over on Patreon. It helps us pay our few bills around here, and we can give extra money to people who need it. Thanks for stopping by. Hope to see you again.